So Frank, something amazing happened in your life today. Really? Oh, maybe that I... <laughs> maybe that I see you? Is that it? Well, that could be one possibility. Okay. We're, we're live from the Microsoft Studios and Channel 9, the Microsoft Developer Portal Studios. Welcome. Welcome. No. Oh, we can do those SNL voices, the whispering radio voices. I was playing, I was on Twitch last night, and someone's like, oh, you really need to bust out your radio voice and go live from twitch oh you can do it you can do the movie over voice i can't do it today on merge conflict (laughs) i sit down with frank krueger live from the microsoft developer studios no is that good i I, in my head it sounds good because i'm yeah you you put a little california surfer in it toward the end there but you were doing so good totally from the (laughs) totally gnarly bro how's that good yeah well Uh, new career something else actually happened that we can't talk too much about you came in dropped a bombshell inside of building 18 and, and you're like i don't actually know if it's official if it's not official do you want to sneak peek and perhaps like if we never talk about it again then people know that it didn't happen this has to be annoying people so much how much we're talking around a subject should we just keep mm-hmm. going around and around in circles now uh just a little thing happened um from time to time apple promotes apps in the app store and i got a nice email from them saying that they are considering promoting my app so you know nothing definitive but i'm excited i i hope that uh they do decide to feature my app because you know feather in your cap a few dollars it's nice of course i want that yeah it'd be very nice i (laughs) i have to imagine that it's relatively a big big deal yeah uh, the, the hardest part about the App Store is differentiating yourself mm. because um, we all basically rely on search. So someone types in, I need a math calculator, which I don't think anyone, well, wait, no, that they say all the time. <laughs> what they don't say is, I need a text editor calculator. So that, those search terms for Calca don't come up very often. So any chance you get to differentiate yourself and be in a different part of the store is always a big deal. Uh, this hasn't happened to me in a long time, but many, many years ago, iCircuit was featured. It even had a web page on the Apple site. I was very excited. And uh, so it's just nice. It's especially for a six-year-old app <laughs> for it to get recognized now. It's just super nice. That's lovely. Now, did you, do you know why they reached out? I mean, it's a great application. I, I own it. I have no idea. Like no, I, I said, it's six years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been around for a while. I do have a theory. I updated it for Mojave Dark Mode. And I think, yeah, they're just promoting the dark mode apps. I think that's just all it is. So are you going to submit a bunch of screenshots all in dark mode then? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But um, the real reason I brought this up to you was as complaining. Everything I do is a complaint. And so my complaint was um, Apple wants a lot of promotional artwork from you. And actually, anyone can see this. If you go into iTunes Connect, go to your app, and then go to, oh, gosh, now I'm forgetting. But it's just like advanced details or something. Mm. There is the normal screenshots and icons that we always have to post anytime you release an app. But then there's also this promotional artwork section. And James, I've never been there. It was like a ghost town. I'm like, I've been all over this iTunes Connect website, but never to this thing. Yeah. I've never even knew it existed until you told me right now. <laughs> yeah. I know that there's the generic stuff like, here's your screenshots here. And on Google Play, too, there's like, here's a, a screenshot and promotional thing that shows up on your page listing. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm always curious when I go to Google Play or when I go to the App Store, like, where do all these beautiful things come from? Because I know that I didn't submit any artwork right. that fits into these dimensions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you'll see backgrounds quite often. I'm like, where are these very artistic backgrounds from? You're like, I've never uploaded one. Do they have a, a battalion of artists over at Apple making custom app artwork? Um, the truth is maybe a little bit of mixture of both. Um, because this promotional artwork, they do ask for bigger design resources, like that background you mentioned, but they also ask for just random design resources. So I think the thought is that maybe they'll um, put together their own own article and their, with their own design, and they just want some raw materials from your app to work with. This is all new for me. It's exciting. We'll have to do a follow-up to see if anything came from it. But what it's really meant was I had to subscribe to Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> did you know you can't even buy Photoshop anymore? You just you subscribe now. So pay $10 a month and you can have Photoshop. So you didn't go with GIMP, everyone's favorite free <laughs> open source photo editing tool? So the trick is all of Apple's um, documentation and their templates are in Photoshop files. And then the site specifically says, submit your artwork in the Photoshop format. So I downloaded these templates. I'm like, I don't know about this photo stuff. I haven't used it since I pirated it in college. You know? <laughs> it's been forever since I used Photoshop. I double-clicked the, clicked the file, and guess what opened? The GIMP. You're right. You nailed it. I didn't even know I had that thing installed. <laughs> I had used Photoshop forever, especially in high school and in grade school before that when I was building websites. And there was a great tools for Photoshop. You could do slices, and it would export. Mm-hmm. You could do a whole bunch of great things. And I've used it for, for years. And then I moved to Sketch for yeah, everything because yeah. everything became vector artwork. But I do like to do things on my PC, and Sketch doesn't exist there. Mm-hmm. But GIMP does, in yeah. its vein, work everywhere. <laughs> it does. Hmm. Cross-platform <laughs> development yeah. and photo editing. <laughs> so I do all of uh, the artwork for the podcast, especially uh, Nintendo Dispatch. We do cu- custom banner arts right. for reviews and everything like that. So I do all of it in GIMP. And it... It takes a long time to get out of the Photoshop mindset because they have to distinguish. They're so different, those two apps. They are. They're so similar but so different. The task, what they're trying to accomplish is identical. But, oh, my God, their UIs are so different. Mm -hmm. And I do come from more of a vector graphics background. But uh, every so often you need these pixel editors. And in this case, Apple's quite literally saying we want these file formats. And I didn't want to mess around too much. The hope is that the money made from a promoted app will pay for that Photoshop $10 a month. One, so hope. <laughs> so was that two copies, three copies? <laughs> okay, well, I cheated a little bit because um, Adobe really, really wants to upsell you. And I've always wanted to try Premiere. So for my first month, I got the Creative Cloud. Look at me, I'm a creative designer, everyone. And so I can use all the Adobe software for one month <laughs> until I cancel my subscription. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it's been fun. It's been fun using that professional software. I've been editing movies in iMovie. Mm. And it's such a big difference using professional software versus this garbage that they give us in the operating systems. Oh, gosh. I am upset, James. I am upset at how bad iMovie is now that I've used Premiere. Because mm. Premiere's not that complicated. Someone could write off... I'm sure there are a million knockoffs of Premiere, but man, it's not that hard. Just give me Premiere for free. I'll tell you, I use... You know, I do a lot of photo editing and video and audio editing. And 
I start all my audio editing for this podcast in Audacity. Okay, yeah, me too. I love Audacity. Audacity is great in quotes. <laughs> it's, once you learn it, it's great. It's fine. It works everywhere. Yeah. It's all the crazy plugins, all the things. And then I'm here in chan- in the, the Microsoft like, Channel 9 studios where they have all the crazy Adobe mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> thing. I'm like, mine is blown. I'm watching yeah. Cameron just put, like, it's real. That's why they want those source files because they want to probably make Kalka the most beautiful, magical Johnny Ives mm-hmm. things in the entire world. Your app is going to look so good, you're not even going to know it's your app. But you know, like... I could do so much better with my promo videos because now it's, we always talk about screenshots when you upload an app, but mm. you really should be making a little promo video for your app. And I don't want to pay all this money per month, but God, I've fallen in love with Premiere and I just want to make video after video now. And I want to make promo videos for all my apps. Well, let's talk a little bit about promotion since this is where this podcast has gone. <laughs> and we have talked a lot about the landing page. We talked about the... Uh, screenshots you have to yeah. upload, the artwork, how important it is. We talked about the app store, but we haven't talked about the core actual promotion of an application. So mm-hmm. not only if you get lucky and Apple reaches out to you and perhaps they'll do it, yeah. but the build up to an app release, the promotion that goes around it, and also the big updates. I mean, you did a big dark theme push. Did you <laughs> yeah. tell anybody? Um, I meant to write a blog post about it. That's usually my best form. I'm such a bad business person, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would have been the exact right time. And um, I, I always joke that version numbers are just marketing. But I should stop laughing at my own joke and maybe take that to heart and understand that I should be utilizing that as marketing. So no, but you're absolutely right. Um, these, When you do feature work, um, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, Miguel Ding used to have a great phrase, if it's not documented, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Well, I almost feel in this case, if you're not promoting it, it doesn't exist. So for sure, I'm starting to learn these marketing lessons. And it's not just the release notes that go into it. It is no. this... Forget those anyway. Those are worthless, I think, at this point. Oh, man. I, I wish... was surprised when someone read my release notes. Yeah. I'm t- and maybe I'm cynical. I don't know. But for me, it's... um. I really want to do the um, what's new in the app. I think they're the most annoying screens, but nothing tells you there's a new feature better than an annoying screen when you launch the app. It's very true. I had feedback for the MFractor team, the Visual Studio for Mac extension. I said, hey, you have all these great features. I don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. I have to go to your website to go. I'm like, it would be really great if you had a way, because they had like a great plugin and great area, if you just have some way of knowing and letting me know, I mean, what features are there that I can use? Because they do have it when you're using a feature, it'll do a little pop-up, so it says power by MFractor or whatever yeah. on the IntelliSense, but I go, I don't know all the things I can do. Mm-hmm. It's a problem with the IDEs with big apps, there's so many things yeah. that you can do. So they ended up putting in little tiny like GIFs or little videos that ship with the plugin. Yeah. So when it opens up, it's like, here's what's new, and it'll show you little things. Almost... You know, in the best promotion spot that I have to say, which is not a promotion, but of a feature is a great promotion, is Apple used to do it with, they still do it probably with the key, the, the trackpad and the mouse. Yeah, right in the settings dialog, right in the preferences dialog. Yeah, that impressed me always from the beginning too. Whereas in Windows, you had these two check boxes and you didn't really know what they meant because it's hard to describe an operation in one sentence. 
Instead, you got this cute little animated video, and it was high-quality video, and it didn't lag, and it wasn't jittery. It was clean, and you're like, okay, future UI. You're like, oh, I'm scrolling up. I'm scrolling down. Do I want to invert? Because when you think of every time I play a new first-person shooter, I always get confused. Do I want inverted controls? Do I oh, I know. Don't. And I can't ever remember if I'm the person that inverts the control or if my friend is. I'm like, which one am I? Am I the crazy one? Are you the crazy one? Because I think the truth is most people can adapt to either system. It's just I can never remember which one I prefer. Yeah, I never know. The most ingenious, I don't think that this is a promotion of a feature, but it could be a UX enhancement. I think it was Halo 2, I want to say. So what they did is, maybe it was even Halo 1, when... You start the game, and probably some of our listeners have played Halo will remember this. They do a, uh, you're inside the helmet of Master Chief, and Bungie did a brilliant job. You're inside of it, and they go, look to the right, look to the left. (laughs) That tutorial mode, I totally forgot about that tutorial mode, but yeah, that was smooth, wasn't it? Uh, it was quick. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. That it what, it didn't really feel like it got in your way because you're like, oh god, I'm in a tutorial, and then you were out and you were you, free. You didn't have to go into a setting screen. You have to do anything. And they go, does that feel weird? And it would invert the <laughs> controls automatically. It's very smart. Like that's a great feature. But did you mess up? Did you overthink it? Did they ever say look up? And you're like, which way's up? Which way's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. I don't. I think I did okay. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna assume I did okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I mean, for me, I, I also agree. I think I'm a pretty not great salesperson and business yeah. owner. I, I believe that I relied too heavily on the old ways of promoting, which was to do release notes or to do some, you know, change log in the app. Yeah. It wasn't highlighting the feature. The things that I love the most is almost introducing a new feature when the user happens to be close to doing it, or you can maybe detect that they're trying to do something. And what I mean by that is, like, don't say there's a new way of adding an expense mm-hmm. to your expense report. Like, <laughs> wait until they go to add a new expense to the expense report to yeah. sell them the new experience and walk them through it quickly. That's like a good walkthrough experience. However, that's not really a promotion of the app. That is an in-app promotion that hopefully will uh, someone will then share that with a friend. Yeah, I think the line to draw here is, are we informing existing customers who have been using the app about a new feature? Or are we, um, yeah, just marketing, (laughs) just promoting, just saying, hey, everyone, look, this app is awesome. And look, it has this new feature. It's special. Um, The difference is, is it tooltips? Do you have to buy the app and get into the app and get greeted by tooltips and go through that old system? Do you remember those? It was a bad system. I'm glad we're we're not using them anymore. Yeah. Versus um, me writing, what, a blog entry and trying to get people to distribute it. How how do you promote features? I'm, I'm terrible. I'll do Twitter. I've never done a targeted ad for a feature. I've done ads, but it would just be for the app. Never for the feature of the app, but now you're making me wonder, like, maybe it should be a more specific ad. Look at this new awesome feature in this app. Well, I have a few ideas, but first, Frank, let's take a break and thank this week's sponsor of the podcast, our good friends over at Raygun. In fact, they're all about helping you improve your app over time. So are you struggling to, you know, replicate bugs? You've introduced a new feature and now your app's crashing. You know, people are, you know, reporting bad performance issues. 
What's awesome about Raygun is that whether you're building for web or mobile, you can easily integrate Raygun into your application in seconds and get diagnostics in minutes instead of hours. You install their SDK in any of your applications and immediately you're getting great crash reporting and diagnostics. So you can kiss away having to do all that manual logging or try to create your own server and your own backend. They will take care of everything so you are frustration free and you can focus on creating better applications. They have great error, crash reporting, performance monitoring tools, and you can make absolutely flawless software by integrating Raygun into your applications. I have actually Raygun in a bunch of my apps. It's fun to get email updates still telling me how good or bad <laughs> my application is doing as far as performance. So whether screens or APIs are taking a long time or it's crashing. So where do you go to learn more? It's easy. Head to raygun.com. That's it. You can get a free trial to integrate it into your apps and give it a spin. Head over to raygun.com. And thanks to Raygun for sponsoring this episode of Merch Conflict. Thanks, Raygun. Thanks, Raygun. You know, I, I never get those crash reports. I just don't crash, you know. My uh-huh. apps are perfect. There you I've go. already hit perfection. AKA Frank has turned off the notify me on crash. Oh, it was just getting annoying, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think we were brainstorming how to promote a new feature. And <clears throat> what's intriguing here is I want to go back to our good friend, Marco. Bing, ding. <laughs> I was listening a, a while ago to how he was rolling out new features into Overcast. Mm-hmm. It's a podcast application, the Overcast Bell. Bing, 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 bing. Great app. If you are listening to this episode on Overcast, go ahead and hit that share button. Hit that like, share wow. with friends. Wow. Look, we look, I'm promote. Well, we're talking about promotion. This <laughs> Good is job. important. So he, was, he has like the fast speed section and skip, and these are sort of, you know, Differentiating features. This is what sets his app apart from the other podcast apps. Yes. And one thing that he did specifically is he got a, uh, I don't know if it's a, tra- I think it's a trademark. I think he went full trademark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is smart. I'll let you continue. <laughs> no, it's super smart. And I don't, I don't want, I'm going to find this episode and try to link it in the show notes, but they go into detail, but he goes, there are probably other similar features, but I did something unique to my app. And I wanted it to stand out. Mm-hmm. I could have said I introduced, you know, skipping, blah, 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 or cutting out time. But what I did is I had a feature and I made that feature a really important aspect of the release. So when it came to it, he would update his screenshots in the app store, now introducing this feature, right? People mm-hmm. are scrolling through like, whoa, that's cool. The release notes, yes, but he has a following. He has a following on Twitter, yeah. on his blog. So guess what? He puts them there. I believe mm-hmm. the app may also have, as a website, I think it may have some release notes or blog. Yeah. He talked about it there. So there was different channels. And what he also did at the time was reach out to people that have written about the app. So if you have people that maybe have written or loved your app, before you release a new feature, tell people about it. Because guess what they're going to do, Frank? They're going to tweet it. <laughs> they are. I think we've mentioned this before, but in this world of no marketing or at least in independence doing marketing, as in we have very small marketing budgets, um, blog posts are the biggest thing. And uh, that was a very clever idea. Um, people will write about your app eventually if you have any monochrome of success. Mm-hmm. And, but it never occurred to me to write them back and be like, hey, new update. Chances are, I would say highest chances are, they're not going to care because once a reporter's reported once on something, they're done. Mm-hmm. But as he said, I mean, if you can tap that well a second time, it's worth it because that is our best promotional system is the blogs. 
Um, everything else you mentioned is, it doesn't really help you when you're starting out an app like the app's blog. Mm. Um, no one knows your app exists. No one cares about your blog. No one's going to notice it. True. So I think for those reasons in the beginning that that stuff doesn't really work is why I've allowed myself to not continue on and do that stuff. But with a mature app, I those sound like very good ideas because, yeah, you got to give people, new people, reasons to buy the app. There's other sources in modern day that I think could work really well for this kind of independent app promotion as an independent developer. There's all these mediums of promoting features or flows of your application that are good for SEO, so search engine optimization or just searching in general. I think of your app, right? Uh, People would probably love doing having video tutorials right you're using your app to show how to do this thing and it would be in some frame there's videos there's a video series guess what that links on your page and Mm -hmm. now you have this great thing and then you have screenshots and you can have a dialogue and people are following your page and then that leads up to enhancing your video production skills so now you create a really great video on the app store. You just made me feel so guilty, James. Just just keep telling me how I'm doing things wrong. So, <laughs> I mean... And no, it, it's, it's a brilliant idea because, yeah. as you said, um, these are very cheap promotional things. So I can spend half of a day, produce a half-quality video, <laughs> a medium-quality video, and maybe 2,000, 3,000 people will watch it on YouTube. Yeah. They're low numbers, and you might get frustrated by those low numbers, but if you do 10 of those videos... You you will build a following and that becomes your new channel of promotion. I don't know because I've never done that before, but that's all you look for. Um, that's the kind of social promotion that I've gotten used to is creating a core group of people who are interested in your app. And then you cross your fingers and pray that they talk about it to other people. <laughs> yeah. And, and it works. Uh, you know, I don't want to toot your app horn too much, but I I don't know how many people I've talk to about Kalka in general, or even mm-hmm. iCircuit that have asked me that are electrical engineers. Uh, and especially because I have Kalka pinned to my desktop, <laughs> so it, it's awesome. sitting there. It's just <laughs> even on Windows. Yeah, I've cool. purchased it from you multiple times. Thanks, James. Of course. I've heard, how many times have I purchased? So it's, what? F- uh, at least on Windows, I bought it twice. On Mac, good. I bought it. Good, good. It's, iOS? Did you have an iOS? Is that free or paid? Oh, you're right. Well, you can you can spot, you can become a patron on iOS. Definitely not a patron. Absolutely oh, not. Geez, no. geez. But you can become a merge conflict <laughs> patron. Uh, keep promoting. Keep it going. So, and, but also sometimes it's the repetition. And when you listen to a podcast like ours or any other podcast, what are we telling you to do? Follow us here. Give us five stars. Do this. it's repetition. But also, what we are trying to do is get that social aspect of share this video. If no one tells other people about the thing, it's a really hard because search is terrible. It is. Unless you pay for search ads. Or unless you pay someone to be a specialist and they just gear everything toward it. Yeah. We yeah, search ads, okay, that's a whole nother we we've mentioned them before. Should we should we go into that topic? Because I'm about to begin a search ad experiment. Mm. Lots of new projects in twenty nineteen, I suppose. But um I have not done them at all up to this point. And so I promised myself a, whatever, you might lose some money, you might make some money, and you're just not going to know until you try. And while, does this fall under the category of promotion? I think so. It does. Yeah. So let's begin this experiment. I'm going to create a little budget, X amount of dollars per month, and I'll just burn through it and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, 
you can't learn until you try. And you, I see this in uh, when people are pitching products, especially on Shark Tank. They talk about their uh, what is it? It's like the cost of acquisition. Mm. There's some acronym for that, but how much does it cost to acquire a customer? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And that's what you need to do. So for you, right now, your cost of acquisition is your development time, mostly. Yeah, sure. So could you then take some money from your profits and then? Yeah. Ideally, I'm going to take 10%. And if I grow by 20%, well, I just yeah. gain 10%. Right. And that's free. Yeah. And there's standard marketing numbers. I remember when I first started my company, referring back to the first episode, and I had my Excel sheets and all that. There were some standard numbers, like 20%, 30% of your profits or revenue. I can't remember which one should go to marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, as someone trying to pay the bills, I never did that because I was short-sighted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's pretty well established in our capitalist system that you need to spend on the marketing. Well, and last year was the first time that both Google and Apple allow you to right. do these paid ad spots in the App Store. And there's an interesting promotional part here, which is it's the targeted aspect of it. So we know that the internet runs on banner ads, mostly. There's yeah. banner ads everywhere. Is that what the internet runs on? I thought it was a Ponzi scheme running a Ponzi scheme running a Ponzi scheme, and eventually someone rich loses all their money? <laughs> that, <laughs> Sounds I, like that. I mean, well, you know, there, yeah, probably. So there's all this stuff. But the issue with banner ads, in my mind, mm -hmm. always is that you have to have a lot of money to and have to really know all the targeting and optimizations, it's very hard to get a good return. Whereas in Overcast, for instance, Marco yeah. has a, you can buy a podcast ad for yeah. your podcast in a podcast app. I mean, right. it's so meta. It's the most meta thing in the world. It's very targeted, just like, hey, I am buying an ad for my app. Now, you could buy that ad in many places. You could buy it for YouTube videos, you could buy it for Google mm -hmm. ads, you could buy it wherever, but who knows where that's going into the ethos, where literally the interesting part about search ads is that you specify like keywords and there's optimizations that Apple and Google are putting in place so your app goes up first. And what do people do when they search for an app? They click on the first one. Uh, I tend to skitch, <laughs> skip the search ad. Mm. Look at the first one. Look at the second one's icon and then decide between the icons. Yeah. Well, you definitely have to be above the fold. Yeah, you kind of, I think so. I, I don't know how people buy apps, really. I wish I did know. But I, I've tried the old systems, um, Facebook and Reddit. I think I mentioned before I always preferred kind of Reddit because they had a very easy give us your credit card, pick a subreddit pick some dates and we'll put your ad up. And mm -hmm. it was very elegant and they did some nice reporting on it. The real problem was you couldn't calculate that cost of acquisition mm -hmm. because I wasn't willing to run, you know, a thousand tracker pixels on a thousand different websites and emails in order to get the full end-to-end -end cost of acquisition. Yeah. The nice thing about these search ads, though, is Apple does provide that information to you. You can see how many people viewed it, how many people blah, blah, blah it, how many people bought your app. So yeah. that chain is completed. It's quite evil of them that they don't allow other companies to complete that chain. I think with Google Analytics, you can get close because you're spying on the entire world. But yeah. it's nice to calculate that number. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like 2019 is your year to start 
really promoting your applications, <laughs> focusing. I do like the video idea mm-hmm. a lot. So I think in in my in the very least, I want to start doing that because I do create creation apps. So why not have a little YouTube series on creating things with these apps, so yeah. short videos. I would love that. L- look Google. at all this stuff I'm adding for myself to work on for the next few months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I think it's great because you got to do something with your spare time. Oh, yeah, I know. I'll just, you know, stop sitting around and petting dogs all day. That sounds lovely. Why don't I do that all that day? That sounds good. <laughs> a, little, a little puppy puddle. That'd be great. Now, I think when I, you know, going further in on this, it, it as an independent developer, part of this becomes some of your job. It's not just jamming on code every day. I think when yeah. I was listening to your story last week, which I, I couldn't recommend people go back and listen to last week's podcast enough, is it is a journey just like through life, you're going through different aspects and you build a kind of like the skill bank in a way of all these different skills. I think we've talked about it before on the podcast. And now what you're doing is you started doing video editing for something that wasn't actually your app, (laughs) so something fun in your spare time. And I've been doing audio recording for not my day job, but guess what I do half the time at work now? I'm writing blog posts, which is like, is uh, important for 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 telling a story and how mm-hmm. do you tell a story? We tell stories on podcasts. I do Twitch streaming, so I learn about audio setup and mm-hmm. video and OBS. And now we're doing community stands up. And, and what am I doing? <laughs> I'm in the studio, yeah. so going through OBS and all the things. So I've built this skill bank where yeah. people go, "Oh, who's the streaming person?" Well, there's there's Suze, there's Jeff, and there's James. Like huh? you go and find one of them. They'll they'll figure out how to do the thing. That's um, awesome. I like to think that I'm. That's why I put myself last because I'm. Not, I'm good, but I'm not great. You know, we were talking about it today. I go, I'm good, I'm not great. I'm trying to build up that rapport, but yeah, to start generating some of these things, you don't have to be the most amazing, skilled X in the world to start promoting things. No, um, the hardest part about all of this, as with everything, is consistency. Mm. So I remember going back to promoting new features in your apps in iCircuit. I have a little library called iCircuit Tips. Mm. And every other day for a good couple weeks, I was forcing myself to sit down and write some pro tips on how to use iCircuit. And these would come up in the app and you would, um, you know, it would help educate people. I was trying to solve this very problem. But I got kind of bored and tired of it after a couple weeks. So consistency for me is the hardest thing. It's not, can I sit down and make a video? Yeah, no problem. Can I make two? Sure, no problem. Can I make one every other week for a year? That's a lot harder to convince myself to do. But um, you don't have that many options, honestly, in this world. And social media is the easiest way to promote everything. And so if you're not doing that, then you're literally not doing anything. (laughs) So there's nothing. I think that's my long way of saying, yeah, I can be consistent for at least a year. All right. I I want to get the the January. (laughs) At least a year. 2020, forget it. January 2020 update. (laughs) Give a recap. Maybe our our year in review. What did I say? Did I say a video a month or every other week? I'm going to say every week. Oh, every, every, other every, week. every other week. I think you could do it. You know, and in, in fact, you could be really clever about it. You could, if you want. Well, I've, I've got ideas, Frank. Okay, got okay. We'll, we'll talk. All right. Any other app promotion? Any ideas that you've had that were successful throughout the years? No, I mean, <laughs> there, there's no. nothing successful now. Um, I've relied instead on picking markets and just trying to be one of the best apps in that market mm-hmm. and just rely on word of mouth, which is obviously you can get by on it, absolutely. 
but um, uh, maybe this Apple promotion, maybe them a little kick in the pants I need to start making more promo artwork and promo stuff. I think it's consistency, though. Yeah, getting, knowing one venue in general. I, I tweeted a, 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 a picture of my Google Analytics on my blog. Now, my blog isn't the most traffic thing in the entire world. Mm. However, since I joined Xamarin five years ago, I did consistent blogging. Yeah. And I've been less consistent recently, <laughs> which it shows a little bit, but it has consistently grown. Okay. And that inspired one of uh, one of someone that follows me on Twitter and a listener to say, you know what, I have this blog and I just randomly do stuff. I have no consistency. Mm. So I'm going to generate a blog every single Monday and I'm going to release it and it's in the series. And he was sharing his stats with me. And he mm-hmm. goes, I went from 8,000 views to 15,000 views to 30,000 oh, views. That, yeah. It was every, you see, you saw this consistent grind. It's like, now yeah. I'm, I've sort of plateaued a little sure, bit. Sure, you're going to, you saturate the market at some point. Yeah. You got to find new markets. But that's inspirational, James. Yeah. Keep at it until you hit the plateau and then give up. Yes. Right. No. Is that what we said? No, keep going. <laughs> well, tell us uh, your inspirational stories. You can, of course, write us in anytime at mergeconflict.fm or hit us up on Twitter at James Montemagno at Proclarum. The show's at Merge Conflict. I think it's going to do it, Frank. Anything else from you? No, this is totally not what we meant to talk about, but I still had a good time, so I hope everyone else did too. I think it was absolutely lovely. I hope everyone had a great time. If you like this episode of the podcast, make sure you subscribe. There's all sorts of podcast applications that you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Share it with a friend. If you like us so much and you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. We would love that forever. and We'll give you hugs and snugs for the rest of our lives. That's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.